0: Hi, everyone. I'm Chuck Murphy. Uh, I am joined by Maggie, as usual, today, and we have a new guest with us. Uh, Hi, Magster. Hi. (laughs) Maggie and I are joined by Sarah Marion, who uh, works with us at Murphy Research. She's the head of our syndicated research uh, division, and we are super excited to have her on the podcast.
1: Hello. It's nice to be here. Um, As Chuck said, I am the director of syndicated (laughs) research at Murphy Research, and... um, just to tee us up a little bit for today, one of uh, the projects that we have run is called the State of Our Health Tracker and where we continuously collect data on consumers' nutrition and fitness attitudes and behaviors. One of the things we've been very interested in watching recently is the rise of online fitness.
0: Yeah, we are, um, you know, Sarah Sarah and Maggie and I also spend a lot of time talking about health and fitness because we work on this state of our health tracker. And Sarah said something last week when we were talking that I thought was a fascinating analogy. And we said, let's do a podcast on that. So the three of us jumped on and, you know, dropped all of our real responsibilities that we're supposed to be working on right now to, to spend an hour debating this. Um I wonder if the best way to tee this up is, Sarah, for you to just say what you said to us, and we could kind of start the discussion there. And we'll Unless start Maggie attacking you. No, I think yeah, that's We'll right. start attacking you, exactly. <laughs> we'll let Sarah <laughs> speak
2: her opinion, and then we'll attack her like we, like we typically do in other meetings.
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> Recipe <laughs> for
1: success. All right. Okay, well, I'll take my stand then. <laughs> so my opinion was we've been hearing a lot of uh, talk in the news and, uh, you know, among industry pundits and journalists that uh, online fitness, you know, in, has been experiencing this big increase in interest among consumers um, thanks to COVID. And it's not like it wasn't there before. Online fitness had been kind of steadily rising as a um As an industry in and of itself for a long time now, but all of a sudden, um, as gyms and studios shut down across the country, we saw this huge burst of interest. So people are Googling it, Google searches were up. So I read a headline that said they were up 500% for online fitness and then all of these uh previously offline real life gyms influencers and trainers were all rushing to create their own online solutions and of course that meant that online fitness must be be this next new tech driven innovation that is going to change the way that we get in shape and what's going to stick and are people going to go back to the gym or are these online workouts going to be uh something that uh you know accelerates the demise of the gym industry and uh my position is i have a background in in food and beverage research and all this talk around online workouts really reminded me of meal kits and if you recall meal kits were all the rage you know five years ago there was all of this investor money being poured into the space tech companies were getting involved uh companies were proliferating. Like For every kind of weird diet you were on, you could find a meal kit for that. Um, Grocery industry was terrified. All these retailers were trying to figure out their own competing solutions. But we don't hear a whole lot about meal kits now, except more (laughs) bad news, sorry, from Blue Apron, usually. Um, They had their disastrous (laughs) IPO. What happened? And This just reminds me of that. So my position is that online workouts are the meal kits of fitness.
2: I love it. It's it's well stated. I have to say I tried a lot of meal kits. I don't know if everyone else jumped on that bandwagon too, but I think I probably tried three or four different companies during that during that, you know, peak of demand. So you had many weigh in on that. Yeah.
0: (laughs) By tried, I assume that means you no longer subscribe.
2: I do not. I decided yeah. that it was better to get the food already cooked rather than having to cook it.
0: Right. Well, <laughs> there you go. Well, first of all, I think we should step back here. I, I I think we should give Sarah props because I really love this analogy. This this really like it. It totally caught my attention for like twenty four hours. Like when you when Sarah said this, because my first reaction is like, no, no, that's one hundred percent wrong. But I love the analogy and I love I love the comparison to meal kits and I think well, that meal kits are a very specific and really interesting example of like a fad that you know to me meal kits never made sense like and I think Maggie articulated perfectly right. If you're gonna have something delivered, why not have it already cooked? Like, you know, it, it doesn't really it didn't solve the problem, I feel like, enough. Um were you gonna say something, Maggie? Did I interrupt you? No,
2: I was just gonna say if you if you sort of um so I got to to explore this thesis with Sarah a bit more. Um, and if you, you know, I don't want to steal Sarah's genius, but I, that was the problem, right, Sarah? That it didn't fundamentally solve the problem of like, we don't like to cook.
1: And that's right. So it solved, <laughs> it solved, it did, meal kits did solve real problems, but not that one, which is the, just that people don't want to spend an hour in the kitchen learning a new recipe and then another hour cleaning up afterwards. Now, if you could solve the cleaning up afterwards problem, I think that you would be rich.
0: Well, it's but... funny. You meal kits and uh, the cleaning up problem both, to me, have the same fundamental uh, issue of like it's just bad for the environment to get that much paper, right? Like it just—it just, it just well, seems so wasteful. That, like I can yeah. eat paper plates every night, and not have to clean up, and I can have a box with every dinner show if at you my door. Ate but if
2: paper it, plates every night, that sorry, would have a lot of paper issues.
0: Plates would be the one, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but hey, it's good for your digestive tract, Maggie. Everybody needs fiber.
1: <laughs> but it, but, well, it's true. There were uh, there were other problems too, but. Um, People just people want to cook, they aspire to cook, but the reality is that you know our lives are not arranged around cooking and mealtimes today in the way that they might have been, you know, 50 years ago.
2: I, I have to imagine that there is this sub segment of the population that is very like culinarily curious. Um, so more of a foodie, much more so than I am, who does enjoy sort of like the experience of it and is fine with the dishes. You know, like we all know that person mm-hmm. uh, somewhere in our life. So I do think for some niche population, it did meet a whole bunch of of criteria and solve the problem of, you know, what's for dinner and, you know, I don't have time to go find one ounce of fish sauce to make my perfect pad thai tonight. Um, so I do, like, I, I think that, there's probably still a group of people that think this is a fantastic innovation, um, and will continue to use it. Right, but if yeah. you're
0: if you're part of that group, you're probably cooking more than once or a few times a week, and you're going to the grocery store. And it's just more efficient.
1: Well, by the way, th- this is that's exactly it. I think the the I. What you think of as the ideal consumer for a meal kit didn't actually turn out to be the ideal consumer because if you're that engaged with food, you also know how to plan a menu and go yeah. to the store and you have Fair the enough. sauce already on hand. You don't need it at all to come in a box.
0: Can I um can I tell you guys a slightly tangential story that <clears throat> is this another thing that that kept like I caught my attention when I first started and I think about it for years. This is two or three years ago, but I was I was at a um a big tech company that's um uh, very interested in things like delivery and stuff like that. And I was in this meeting and we were talking about a very similar dynamic to this. And this, this, uh, this woman that worked there said, um, you know, uh, food is in the future is going to be like sewing. We used to sew all our own clothes and it made sense at the time, but once manufacturing and, uh, you know, distribution systems got sophisticated enough that it doesn't really make sense to sew your own clothes unless you do it as a hobby and I always like remember when she said that it totally caught me off guard of like I'm like, wow that is like a drastic vision that's very different than, than we're currently at and I was like I had trouble getting my head around whether or not I believed her because part of it was very sensible it's like well if you could just have like a drone drop off dinner and it was done and made it's pretty compelling for a lot of people doesn't I would, I would do problem, that. But. Uh,
1: yeah,
2: well, maybe think, the drone can
0: do the dishes too. That would. Well, be yeah, right. yeah, there probably will be a drone that does <laughs> the dishes.
1: Was it that food was a hobby? Because I, I do think that cooking has, is becoming more of a hobby. Um,
0: That's kind of where she was going with it. She's like, yeah, yeah it's, it's like it does not going to make sense. Um,
1: On the other hand, you still need to eat three times a day or more.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of delivery. Did you guys see the thing on the news yesterday where the Boston Dynamics robots were doing the dancing at the Japanese baseball game?
2: There, there were so no. many strange words in that sentence. That...
0: <laughs> oh, sorry. I realized I just, that was the most bizarre tangent. I'm getting us way off track, but you, you were, when you said the drone will do the dishes, it made me think of it. Like, for those of you that don't know, Boston Dynamics is this company that creates these robots that are so lifelike, they'll freak you out. If you've never seen them, just Google Boston Dynamics dog. Is that
2: the one that like jumps up on the, yes, the crate? Yeah. They yes, are, and this dog yeah. is
0: unbelievable. So obviously there's no crowds at sporting events now. And so at this Japanese baseball game yesterday, they had like 50 of these dogs lined up as if they were like the the cheer squad on the sideline doing dances. And it <laughs> like it literally blew my mind. I showed my family, I was like, this is like this has to be a sign of the apocalypse. Like this robot is like we're, we're gonna have a dog, you're gonna have <laughs> robot a robot dog doing dog your dishes dancing. very soon, Maggie. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs>
2: I would take a robot dog. I mean, it and would after, be a lot more efficient than my real dog. I think
0: after we're done with these podcasts, you should Google that. Cause but by the okay. way, I've taken us, this is hundred percent my fault, but I've taken us way off topic, but <laughs> let's go back to Sarah's thesis, because I think that I think there's so many businesses right now because of COVID that, that people are debating, like, is this an acceleration of a trend that was already happening or is this just a fad that kind of is brought on by our response to current times? And, um, I, that's why I think I thought Sarah's analogy about the meal kit was so interesting because it's a very compelling argument of like, hey, listen, this is something that's interesting to people. They're going to try it. Uh, I could work out of my house. There's so many benefits. Everybody gets them. But at the end of the day, like most people are driven by something that is is not being satisfied by that. Um, right.
1: There's like a there's a real a real need that is often un you know. People don't even know that they have it, right? That it doesn't solve. Yeah.
0: So, so is,
2: is the thing that it's not solving, in your opinion, Sarah, that people hate to work out and so it doesn't matter where it is? <laughs> well, kind of. <laughs> kind of. Uh, <laughs> so are like – we are always trying to get closer to laziness and so – Right. There's
1: there's that <laughs> issue, which is similar to cooking, right? <laughs>
2: right. That's, yeah. That's where I thought you were headed. <laughs>
1: For many people, we just don't actually want to work out that much. But even if you, even if you do like to work out, I – you know, one of my thoughts was, uh, you know, there's a lot of innovation in all of these, um, the various types of online fitness apps and services. But, uh, you know, one of the things that we know qualitatively that people like about going to the gym is just having uh, a space where you are able to put yourself in a place and a mindset and a social environment where you you focus on your fitness, you get your fitness done. Um, and I think that that compartmentalization is probably more important than we think. Uh, So setting aside that time and space to work out is easier when there's an actual time and space to utilize. Uh, And so one of the, you know, women tend to be more interested in fitness classes than men, for instance. We know this from the state of our health tracker. They pay more for them. They like to go to them a little bit more. Um, they're also less willing to spend as much on fitness as men. And so it seems like online fitness would appeal to them, right? It's relatively cheap, and you get all of this variety of fitness classes. But uh, women are also more likely to be responsible for more of the household labor. So leaving home and leaving your children or whatever is going on at home is often like a necessary condition for them to be able to focus on themselves. And so maybe working out at home is not going to appeal to them in that same way. It's just one of my lines of thought. And meal kits were similar in that when they were most popular, um, they were uh, busy families with children were way more likely than households without children to have bought them and tried them out. Um, And so that seemed like the perfect market, but it's also exactly that type of household that has the most limited time to spend cooking and cleaning. And so all of that interest dropped off eventually. Well,
2: and we also discovered that three-year-olds don't like fish sauce.
1: Exactly. (laughs) They don't want those fancy meals.
2: (laughs) And it's even more demoralizing when they turn that down versus when you just heated up pasta. (laughs)
1: Exactly. Yeah, right.
0: (laughs) I will say though, I I, I as much as I, I like this thesis and I thought about this a lot, I just I don't I don't see this as, as being the case at all. Like I think I was trying to think of an analogy that worked to counter this. And the best thing I could come up for was mobile entertainment. Whereas, you know, like we used to think of entertainment as either a movie screen or a you know, a big TV and a DVD and this more of an occasion, right? And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you had the ability to sit on a bus and stream a show for 10 minutes. And so mobile entertainment ate up a big chunk of your life. That didn't mean you stopped going to movies or stopped watching TV at home, but there were a lot of occasions that, wouldn't, that, that opened up as a result of having this quick and easy option. And I kind of think that's how online fitness is. I think it's actually going to grow hmm. the market. And it does open up so many opportunities that wouldn't have been possible before. Um, and and I think that's, to me, that's the attraction. I know, you know, I, Maggie and I talk a lot about this because we both have Pelotons, but if you compare like Peloton to Soul Cycle, there's so many more opportunities to ride that Peloton. And like, yes, you've got this sunk cost, you had to pay two grand for the bike, but there were so many times when if you added in the half hour that it would take to get to and from the class before, there would have been days or times when you couldn't have made that soul cycle class, and now all of a sudden you could make more classes because it's convenient. it's right in your house. It's so much easier. Um,
2: I, th- I think it's fair to say too, that not all online fitness classes or platforms or you know offerings are the same right so something like a peloton to me feels a lot stickier right you you do get you know you do get you join a class it can be live or on demand there's sort of a community there there's a competitive component to it so it does sort of mimic some of the things that i would have gotten out of a gym right um it's a little bit more appointment based than you know popping in your jane fonda you know tape 20 30 years ago um it, to me, that feels a lot like something that will stick more than something that is just going to YouTube and watching a video of someone else working out um, you know, on their own. They've posted this video type thing. So I think there's a big spectrum in terms of the the content that's out there that's classified as online fitness.
0: Um, right. Which and is I- why
2: I'm sort of in the middle of YouTube. I think I think some things will go the way of the meal kit and become, you know, they don't solve the problem whereas other things that probably have higher sunk costs and more sophisticated platforms and a more variety of offerings will continue to
1: grow. Yeah. The era have also been just decades of fitness trends that you know, kind of grow and die. And so what, what you were saying, Chuck, <laughs> you know,
0: this,
1: this could be one of are those. You, are right? you saying
0: Peloton is the new Tybo? <laughs> well,
1: you never know, right? But Tybo was good in its day. I it's will that. Awesome. People, <laughs> There's things that we like and they partly because they slot in with whatever kind of cultural needs fitness is serving at that time. Um, and then, but people get bored and they move on to other things.
0: I saw I saw a tweet this morning where somebody somebody said Peloton just dropped a new uh treadmill it's called get the Hell outside. <laughs> and run. I thought that was really funny. Um, there was a it's not exactly safe for work things but you no know, well one of the things that when we talk about like real life gyms and especially um you know, I Sarah, I thought this is where you're going a minute ago. There's obviously a huge social component, right? You meet you right. meet up with your friends, and you go on a hike, or you meet up with your friends, you take a class together, you get coffee afterwards, and that part I think, although some of the um some of the digital offerings, I mean, Nike Run Club, I feel like you know, had this really early on, like they've they, they mm-hmm. formed these. Um, you know, uh, it was it, it. became social even when you were apart. Right? We're going to do the same mm-hmm. distance run and race each other. or We're going to text or we're going to cross post. And and Peloton has has done a really good job of that too. That's one of the things I love about it. But that's that's obviously a need that, um, you know, is it, is harder for the digital products to do. But but one of the things that I find fascinating about this category is like you know and I joked about Tybo and you know there's 9 There's when you talk about fitness trends. There's always these things, right? But the thing that is so fascinating to me about the, the newer ones, you know, if you did, if you did like P90X or Tybo, or those were great workouts and you could do them in your house, it was still convenient, but it was also like kind of repetitive and stale. It wasn't interactive. And the Mm -hmm. thing that I think, you know, some of these new digital products, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I literally am in love with, with Peloton's implementation of a lot of this stuff it triggers you to keep doing better in different workouts, and so so it's like you've got this history with the app, and you know your performance, and you know a lot about it, and you know people you race, and you've got this community. But they're also like triggering you to try different things and do do it better, and or try different training programs. It's the it's very compelling to me, um, and I know that you know you you have all these startups now that are trying to take that even farther. And I know Maggie has a mirror and.
2: Yes, let's just get it out there. I have way over index on online fitness equipment.
0: (laughs) You're a believer. So so, I don't know. That's the part of me that's like, this is a lot more than a fad. I mean, it does. It it reminds me a lot of like some of the, you know, remote work platforms and stuff is like, yeah, they were accelerated by COVID. But these are things that really do open up new opportunities. And uh, while their growth may slow post-COVID, I don't know that they're going to decline.
1: Um, yeah, there, uh, you know, I can't deny it. there's a lot of innovation that the, the workouts today are different than the video workouts or whatever, you know, all of the various fads and things that were available, you know, 15 years ago or 20 years ago. But, you know, one of the things I think the pandemic has done is really highlighted the places where you got social interaction, uh, that might, that you might not have thought about before. Right. So if you just went to the gym, Uh, and did your workout and didn't even interact with anybody you were still there with people and that's one of the things that being at home alone all the time uh really you you start to miss those those kinds of in-person interactions and I I think that that's a big part of going to the gym for many people is you uh is being even if you're alone you're with others It's the same way that when you go out to eat, you're doing it with others, and that makes it feel different and more special than being at home.
2: I think there's merit to that, but I I mean, we also know that most people do like a solo, self-directed, in some cases, workout. So it's like working out is, you know, currently pre-COVID and now something that most people do prefer to do alone, Um, and you know, they may be doing it alone at a gym, and and that kind of feeds into your thesis a little bit, but I, I think that there is some nice things that, you know, let's say Peloton has been able to develop all of these personalities, right? They have all of these people who, I mean, you kind of feel like they're your friends by the end of a really hard ride. Um, and I know that a lot of them have huge social media followings and they've become these, you know, they've become a lot more than the spin instructor, right? They've become a lifestyle coach to some extent. Um, so I think that they are doing a nice job of like letting me be alone in my house, but still feeling like I'm connected to something bigger. Um, I will say that I was a big believer in, uh, you know, online fitness prior to COVID. And Chuck and I joke about this all the time. We started to see so many people on the platform, right? (laughs) It's like, how are so many people taking this class? Um, And it, it kind of felt like it made it less special in some ways to me. Um, which it was
0: crazy how fast it accelerated.
2: Yeah. And so I, I, the other thing that, you know, I know from doing, uh, research around fitness is that if someone is an, you know, an athlete or an exerciser, they're going to find a way to work out, right. Whether the gym is closed or not, whether that means going outside or going online or, you know, lo- using their soup cans to do their bicep curls, whatever it is, like they find a way to work out. And I think one of the things that probably has been a challenge for a lot of people being at home is finding the same intensity that you might get at a gym. Um, And that's the one thing that I think some online fitness platforms do better than others is sort of replicating the intensity that you would get uh, if you were outside or in a gym. And, um,
1: you know, some do it better than others. Yeah.
0: Well, no, go ahead, sir. Go ahead.
1: Well, I was going to say to to take that data that you just cited <laughs> around uh, people preferring self directed workouts. That's true, and um, but you know what we see in the tracker is that uh, in terms of who directs the workout, where you're doing your workout, and as you mentioned, even what kind of workout you're doing, all of those things are very very stable. Um, and so that's just to me, that says that uh, while there's a lot of um, if people are kind of in limbo right now and trying to figure things out, but those preferences weren't going away before. And I don't think that COVID is going to make them go away. So if you like to work out at the gym before, you're going to like to work out at the gym once it opens again.
2: Even if there's like a sneeze guard around your. Your treadmill, <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, yeah. Well,
0: it's funny if I wasn't, if I didn't have such a bad memory, I'd be able to recall this better. But I, I you know, there's we have that we did this segmentation on on people's workout motivations, and um, there clearly are very different types. Like I, I actually laugh with my wife about this all the time. You know, my wife working out is social. Like it's, if if she literally 90 plus percent of her workouts involve another person that she's meeting to go hiking with or meeting to go running with or go on a swim with, like, whereas I am the polar opposite. Like if I am like, oh, today's a run day or today's like a Peloton day or whatever. If someone's like, can I go with you? Like that actively bothers me. Like I'm like, no, like this is, I want to, this is like my time to not be bothered, to not have to make conversation. Like I am like, and I'm also kind of like, slightly maggie and i are very similar i have a feeling on this like we're i'm very goal oriented and very like slightly like neurotic about this kind of stuff so like i don't you, want someone to slow no. me down or speed me no. <laughs> i know i'm like i'm ridiculous i know it's like my my some of my friends that like are friends with me on peloton are like should we ride together and i'm like no like, no, I have I have a time I need to beat. I can't be focused on talking to you like I have this. This is, you know, even though well, I would like,
2: never talk to someone during my Peloton ride, but my brother and I actually get on at the same time. But we don't speak to each other.
0: <laughs> right, right. No, and I have a lot of friends that do that. They're like Let's ride at this time at that. And I am like, obviously, like there's something wrong with me because I'm much more like I would rather be on a class where I chose the music of the instructor. I don't really care if I know someone. It doesn't. I'm not focused on that at all, which I know makes me kind of weird. But I know a lot of other people are, and I think that that's there's different. There's people that work out differently. Yeah, but I I'm do, in, I, I'm
1: in between there. I like so I like classes, and I especially like uh like I like spin, I like Zumba and dance classes and bar. I like things where I bounce around with a lot of other people, and the music is fun. <laughs> <laughs> and I like yoga. Um, and I don't have part, you know, a big part of it is I am having fun and it is just not fun to do that at home. I, I do it every once yeah. in a while. I'll put on even my preferred yoga instructor, but it's just not the same.
0: Yeah. I think, and so I it's think not yoga motivating and dance classes are not, because so those, I mean, I do, those do my yoga, other, yoga right? at home
2: and I like the, the yoga instructor literally calls me out on zoom, which, you know, is somewhat terrifying. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah.
0: Oh, see, that would freak me out.
1: See, we don't mess around with yeah, BC. No. See, I had I had
0: actually <laughs> never done yoga before this whole COVID thing, which I actually tried it during COVID. I don't like it that much. Oh, you too. and <laughs> you and many other people actually. I know. I, I you know that's that's Sarah's point. She's like, see, it's a fad. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so
2: I I think though that some of these higher end I don't want to say higher end more expensive solutions, right? So if you have dropped two grand on your Peloton, you are probably not going to walk away from that easily when you can go back to your spending class, right? I mean, it's an investment. People um, used to
1: drop two grand on their ellipticals. But see, I, I just feel like it's a little bit
2: different because you have this, there's more of like an accountability associated with the Peloton, right? Because it, <laughs> you get these, unless you turn all of the notifications off, it tells you like, hey, you know, you're going to lose your 15-week streak of uh, working out. I mean- I went away for a few weeks recently and like it kind of tore me apart that I couldn't get on my bike, right? I was sort of like angry that I couldn't do it. So I, I, do... I get very
0: upset now when we we go, uh, yeah. when we're, we're, we're away and I'm like, I miss, I miss my Peloton. We're, You're we're, we're probably traveling talking, with
1: your Peloton. This is like a free
0: advertisement podcast for Peloton. But, <laughs> I know. One thing you made me think about right there, Maggie, is like um, Fitbit, right? So Fitbit gave you this feedback and the problem is like once you absorbed and understood that feedback the device started to lose utility i feel like so mm-hmm. you basically you could learn when you've had 2,000 steps or not um but i think the thing that is interesting about a lot of these platforms not to overemphasize Peloton because i think there are other people doing it too and i think in a lot of ways nike run club really um was one of the first major players in this space to integrate the social aspects well and the goals well and i could, I could be missing some but um there is an element here that is like, I've always had a treadmill and I've always liked um, Stairmasters and had one of those before. And those were great options for rainy mornings or busy days, but they never replaced the gym. Right. Whereas mm-hmm. like, I feel like, like, you know, with some of these new products these days, I don't know that I need a gym membership anymore. I think, I I think they have, re- they've, they have encroaching to me. They're encroaching on, what the gym provided more. Although I do agree with you that dance classes and live yoga are still, they're still much better in person. Well, what Um, about like a weight set? You know, I always hated that. So I'm probably the wrong person to ask that, but it's, but it's it's funny. That's another thing that's very goal directed, very individual and very easily replicable at home. Right. I mean, I have a set of weights in my house and I do it every couple of days. Depends
1: on your space and how much money you have and the type of lifting you like to do. But at the end of the day,
0: like even like, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger is still just lifting like barbells that don't cost that much money, and they could do in the garage, right? If you have a
1: garage, that's my point. If you have a garage,
0: okay. For the for the for the urbanites in San Francisco and Manhattan, this probably doesn't apply. Well, well, Um, a lot of
1: these things are aimed squarely at millennials, and they are you know they're less likely to own a home, they're less likely to have space, they're less likely to have uh, as much disposable income as it might take to build your weightlifting system. Oh, so
2: like, I feel like the mirror kind of, um, attacks some of those things, right? It looks like a full length mirror. It's actually, it's attractive, right? It's not this ugly piece of equipment that sits in the middle of your basement and, you know, takes over the space. And so I think, and the other thing that it's really interesting about the mirror is it makes uh, personal training really accessible too. So it's bringing some of those elements of right. the, the things that I can get in the gym, the personal trainer, Um, and it's not, it, you know, it can blend into my space really well if there's not a lot of things. And I think there's a lot of, you know, a lot of the cool things about these platforms is you can, the filters are are pretty good, right? You can go in there and say, I have the, this equipment at my disposal, And this much time, what class Mm -hmm. should I take? And it, you know, it pops up like, hey, you've got resistance bands and a chair, you know, and soup cans or whatever. And here's, here's what you should be doing. And so I think a lot of them are actively going after the need for, you know, the traditional... Set of weights and things like that, and I, I think the instructors get really creative with how to use your own body weight to do things like that, and sort of the benefits of plyometrics, and you know. So I, I think they're being innovative with the way they they tee up some of the exercises to get the same benefits. Yeah, um, there there's that you um, might get.
1: I think the adaptability is one benefit of the variety. But I I wanted to say, you know, we keep talking about Peloton and these uh, these systems that you know have have gone further than others in solving that social component um but that do require a pretty hefty investment yeah. when most of the online fitness uh world is videos on youtube and people on right. instagram live like it's much more basic than that
0: yeah, yeah. no you're totally that, right you're 100% right
2: that's where i fall out i think if you've done it if you've invested in one of these more um evolved or advanced platforms and the associated equipment, you're more likely to stick with it because it fulfilled more than a need of just like, you know, give me something to do while I can't go to the gym.
1: Yeah. And, and I suspect I mean, you're all pretty yeah. highly engaged with fitness.
2: Yeah. I, that, I do think that again, that I over index on this category, um, but yet I still do have a membership to my local yoga Studio. So there are ways in which I still go out into the world and see people. Surprisingly, but it,
0: but I think it's also fair to say that like we you know especially in new categories we always look at early adopters and the early adopters are willing to pay more and they're willing to kind of try new things. But oftentimes those ideas do become mainstream, and if you. I, th- I thought it was interesting that Maggie brought up Mirror and the, the instructor, because I think if you talk to a lot of the tech folks, like a lot of the people that are trying to, to kind of innovate in this area, and I think that the next generation of companies we're going to see over the next decade, is it, it's going to be a little bit like, um, I don't know how you say it, but N-O-O-M, that Noom company, um, where you have mm-hmm. a human who's kind of guiding you through the plan and who's your entry point. But really what they're doing is they're kind of training AI models in the background, but it's, this adaptability and personalization thing that I do think when, when people get it right, it does really help, especially if you're a goal directed person, but it, but it really kind of helps you show progress. Right. And the same, I mean, that's what the, the role of a personal trainer would have been all along if you could, and if you could scale these platforms, you could push that down to a fairly cheap offering, right? And we're already starting to see that in some other areas, and and you I, know, as around diets and stuff.
2: I do think so. I agree with you to some extent, but I do think there's something about uh, the equipment too being sort of high end or, or, or very functional. Because I've also tried Future, right, where you get a personal trainer assigned to you, and they set up workouts for you, and you know, like they send you the workouts each week and then you do those workouts and it it is not as, you know, it is extremely personalized, right? And right. for some reason, like that didn't stick for me. Like I was like, nope, don't like this. Um, and it, you know, yeah. again, it was a it was a sophisticated app and it solved this idea of sort of, you know, it's a monthly fee, you know, it solved a lot of the issues. Um That people might have, but for some reason, like I just wasn't nearly as engaged in it. Um, And I don't know. It's easy to opt
1: out of that if you're not, when you have booked a meeting with a person, a personal trainer, for instance at your gym. There is, I think, more
2: guilt. Oh, no. This guy called me if I didn't get my workout in. Trust me. <laughs> well, there <you> he, go. <laughs>
1: Rob <laughs> was all over what I was doing. By the way, um, that guy
0: still calls me because you referred me to them. I guy. did. Out, that guy calls me all the time. He's aggressive.
1: <laughs> He's but,
2: <laughs> but, you know, and I did it for three months and I, you know, I, and I did it like faithfully. It's not like I was cheating on the plan or anything like that, but it just wasn't, and there was something about it that just wasn't oh. as compelling to me. And I don't know if that's me or the platform or This is so like what. the
0: Starbucks argument, right? Where like setting and environment, like there's, and I'm, a, I love gyms. Like I've always had, I'm the type of person that has, especially the best multiple gym memberships. So, so there is something about like, I'm going to this place where everybody's focused on working out at the same time and the equipment's nice and they've got, there is definitely, I mean, it's like eating at a restaurant, right? Or something. Right. It's like, it's this setting and the environment add up to more And you don't have any distractions.
1: You're there for a purpose See yeah, that, yeah, the yeah. You, you're able, your able
0: to, yeah. You're, you're, yeah. Why I'm here? Don't bother me. I'm at the gym. No, I, I totally get that, and I think that that is that is definitely not going away. Um, but to go back to that's why I kind of landed on the I kind of like the entertainment analogy, and that what what's happened with with iPhones and iPads and all these other like lap entertainment options is the the movie theaters that are surviving are actually going more upscale, right? They're like, it, 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 it right. like it made movie theater. It, it's kind of like it, it pulled the two categories apart. So now you're able to get a glass of wine in the theater and it's like, plus your seats. And you know, they, it's, they, they, it, it kind of pulls like So maybe what we'll see is gyms become more high end, but, but perhaps the 24 hour fitnesses of the world, this might be a problem if, if these, uh, Does, things. yeah cheaper. i could see that i could
1: also ha- see that same sorry uh i could also see that same phenomenon happening within online fitness right where these high-end uh more expensive uh options those those grow um where but the rest of it kind of languishes
2: so if high-end fancy gyms grow and high-end fancy online fitness grows <laughs> doesn't that create a lot of financial barriers for people who can't afford either
1: i mean
0: it I, think going to that I, like, think I think it's problematic i think online is going to be the cheap value grow. solution
1: yeah i think the cheap ones grow and this this has happened in grocery too so the um as there are more options the uh, both the high end and the low end are growing but the middle the middle bit where you would just offer a little bit of everything has stayed very stagnant yeah. And I bet uh this that a similar thing happens with gyms.
0: Yeah, that hmm. makes sense actually.
1: Are you guys agreeing?
0: No, no. <laughs> no. Absolutely <laughs> never.
2: Never. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more confused than ever and feel that I should never go get a gym membership and more online fitness. Like Before we did this call, I actually, or this this uh, discussion, I, I looked at my phone apps and it's sort of embarrassing how many online fitness platforms I engage with. Ooh, what so, do you have? Um,
0: Ooh, Maggie's th- Diary, Fitness Diary. Yeah,
2: right? Okay, so we've already established that I use Peloton and Mirror and those are like my go-tos right now. But I am also quite devoted to the Nike. Um, I've had Nike Run Club for a really long time. Love the guided runs. Uh, um, Do them quite regularly. I also have the Nike Training Club app on here because, um, you know, I like to do those too. But that one, when it went to a premium offering, I did not go with it um, because I had, you know, the Peloton and all that kind of stuff. I have a yoga app on here in addition to having a membership to a local yoga Um, studio that i can stream their content Um, i have a mind body on here just for booking things i have um headspace um i have uh my local pilates place on here but i don't actually use that one anymore um what else do i have in here that's quite a library i've got mirror has its app peloton has its app um I'm sure there are others, but like those are my, in addition, I also still run outside. Um, so yeah, like I, I got a lot going on here.
0: Yeah. You, you are really a, you're a heavy user. I'm much yeah. More I did the future
2: for a long yeah. time. Um, but I did get rid of my traditional gym membership and I was very happy to do it.
1: Hmm.
2: Like I, I found, I didn't find a lot of value from that, membership. And I think part of it is because I travel a lot for work. I have two kids. Um, Like time is really crunched for me. And so being able to, uh, and I work from home, right? So being able to run downstairs, jump on my Peloton at any, you know, any time that I have a little bit of a break. Otherwise I wouldn't do anything. (laughs) So.
0: Yeah. Peloton killed my gym membership for me too. It's really, I've been really impressed with, and I had, I've had Renanke Run Club for a while um, and I have other things I do, but I really, if we're being honest, it was, it was Peloton that kind of took over a lot of those occasions.
2: I feel like um, you were a pretty early adopter on, on that, on Peloton as well. I feel like you had yours maybe like a solid year before I had mine. Well,
0: you know, it's fun. I mean, I live in LA, so like, you know, I'm this is like you know the fitness mecca and everybody's trying everything all the time and i i actually have never been someone that likes spin I, I always just like soul cycle I, I saw I, I mean it was i was from a branding perspective i always admired how well they branded it um but the experience was to me just not that interesting um i always preferred uh running and um like a, a stair masters over cycling. So our, a lot of our friends got Peltons, and everybody's like, you got to do this. It's so good. And I was like, no, nah, I don't like, I don't like spin. I don't like spin. And, um, and my wife was kind of intrigued. And so I was like, all right, if you want to try it, let's just, we'll get one. But I was fully pessimistic on, I was like, I do not like spin. Um, And to be honest with you, I still think I don't like spin. I just, I love, I love the, uh, I love the, the, the network and the tools and the, yeah, I, I fully am like addicted to it now. Like I, I just, I don't know. So There's...
2: I always preferred Flywheel over SoulCycle. And I believe that Flywheel has now uh, pretty much gone belly up. But it pulled in a lot of the competition, you know, and the metrics and that kind of stuff. Um, whereas SoulCycle to me was, you know, a little bit too much. A bunch of people jammed in a room. Um, like I want to know how far I rode, you know, like I don't just want to spend for the joy of spending. Um, right kind of a thing. So I hear you on on that front. I don't know. I, I think that's the other thing about online fitness that I like so much is that, and you mentioned this earlier, it's so metric driven uh, <laughs> a lot of it. Fit. Like you can track it. You can tell if you beat yourself. You can tell if you're beating other yeah. people. I mean, there are times when I actually, am like, I'm just going to get out here and do a leisurely ride. And the next thing you know, I'm like, I must beat all of these people. And it's, you know, I don't know any of them. Well, yeah. I laugh
0: with myself about that all the time. I can't do a leisurely ride on yeah, the hill. No. They, they have integrated the like little psychological uh, triggers in there so well that I have to, I actively talk myself into like today's a recovery day. Just go easy. Yes. And then I find myself like racing again. And I'm like, yep. dude, this is, they are just, I mean, I keep going back to this triggered word, but they have, they have done that so well.
2: Well, the other thing too, I've noticed with, with, and this is true of the mirror too. Like I can't quit a workout either. Like I feel like it's such a fail, you know, like, there's there's no option to stop halfway through right because i'm like well i need it to be recorded like i need it to count
0: yeah you don't want to mess up your stats totally exactly which is
2: ridiculous right no it's
0: 100 that's that's the that's the way they're built and that's that's the part of me that kind of sees or or thinks that this is like a step forward we're not going to go back from this like once you're used to having those metrics and that feedback uh as long as they could keep evolving it and keep pushing you, I think that's the one area that Fitbit could do. But interestingly enough, in a very quiet way, I think Apple is doing and We didn't, we don't have time to talk about this today. But I'm also fascinated by Whoop, um, which is a, another one of these these combination like feedback and suggestions. And it's it's really I think there's a lot to do in this space that that. Um, it's going to be very interesting, and and a lot of it may be complimentary, right? It's not going to necessarily take away what you used to do, but it, I think the the benefit comes when it can motivate you to do more, or motivate you to be more successful, or more effective, or more, you know, uh, engaged, whatever it is. that That's the part that is very interesting to me is they're starting to figure out that that feedback loop of like monitoring your performance and, and giving you information back. And there's, so
2: do you think they'll start mixing it in with with nutrition too? This is what I'm waiting to see if any platform well, can figure I, out how to do like all of it.
0: I think the nutrition innovation is is really gonna. I, I'm I think that that's it's it's the the big changes are going to be around the integration with like genetics and your body. I think you're. I think that. Well, I tried was, that
2: one too. Don't worry, I've tried the bio. No, yeah, no, I,
0: think... I think that part is going to be fascinating too. But I think that the and some of that will be holistic too I think but I bet it's... they're
2: gonna do um, online fitness apps where they send you a meal kit like that's where I see this. oh, I think those... oh they're, <laughs> all, they're
1: gonna emerge <laughs> yeah that's I think those secret. already exist that's the Maggie <laughs>
0: synthesis right there she was just holding <laughs> on to that she's no, like I really I merged your two opinions I hadn't
2: thought about that but uh... actually I think that would make me quit an app if they sent me a meal kit <laughs> but,
0: like, <laughs> right. to work out and cook
2: no
1: People... <laughs> And also, people eating is eating is different from exercise. You do it a lot totally. more often. People want a lot more personal control over what they put in their mouth. Yeah, but,
0: I still think that might be the perfect place to end this podcast, though. <laughs> <laughs> <And> <laughs> the, the fitness food kit combo pack. I think they that send late, you and that we're, barbells we're and bok choy. That's the sign from that we're to end this conversation. Well, I want mean, to. <laughs> I want
1: to get in a last word. Ooh, <laughs> okay. Which is just hearing you guys talk about what motivates you, you know, to do these different types of workouts. I, I think that I suspect that online fitness uh, and there's many varieties as we have mentioned, but uh, I think that it probably appeals most to a certain type of person, and uh, not everybody works out with goals in mind. Like not everybody likes to track their progress. And
0: uh, no, Maggie and I are like what those different segments are. Yeah, we're insane. We're, we're going to so, say
1: we're hyperactive. But yeah, we're insane. And and I, we're,
0: we are you know. not a good a good pair to be talking about this with because we are so insane. We're so we're both researchers, we're metric driven, both Type A. Yeah, yeah we're was, you You're 100 right, Sarah. We're we're. I kind like of to go insane. to spin,
1: but I don't care what my numbers are when I get done the class.
2: Oh my goodness. Well, I, just, I went and, and I had it with good my time. stationary
1: bike. <laughs> and the music was fun and I burned a bunch of calories and I did my job. <laughs> um and so that's what, like all of that measuring and uh, the social you know integration features are just not very motivating for a person like me and what I'm looking for in it's not that I'm not competitive because I used to play competitive sports and I really wanted to win, but um, fitness isn't. That's not what drives me to work out.
0: Well, I, working out serving a different purpose, right? You're, you know, that's the thing. I think everybody's doing different things. Like it might be don't more understand. relaxing to you. <laughs> and, well. Maggie will appreciate this because not only am I like insane, but I also just have like, I'll just tell you what I'm thinking, which gets me in a lot of trouble. But um, a lot of people have adopted Peloton lately and I now, have you know, where I used to have like six friends on it. And I now have like 30 and, um, you know, I I was, I'll be with people and I'll be like, well, you're not really trying. Like, and they'll be like, What are you talking about? And I'm like, Well, I can tell by your metrics, you're not really trying. And they're like, They'll they get so offended. I'm like, Look, I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, but it's like, it's really funny. Like, it, you can kind of, it is a little dangerous having all those stats out there, being able to just talk about it. I don't with think that's like,
2: a way to win friends and influence people. <laughs> well, that's why I have no friends, Maggie. Like, this is, come
0: on. I mean, you
2: know. So, um, you seem surprised. Wait. Uh- is this your roundabout way of telling me that I'm not really trying on Peloton because I think we're friends?
0: No, <laughs> you no, you're you are um, amazing. By the am way, am I Sarah, trying
2: enough? Thanks,
0: <laughs> Sarah. Can I tell you this story? The, the the like this is one of my favorite Maggie stories. She probably knows what I'm going to tell, and I'm probably give. I don't think I'm giving away anything here, Maggie. But Maggie was pregnant. This is like I don't know seven years ago or something. Oh my it was god, Margo, I have right? kids.
2: No. Uh, probably Mac. It was, oh, was much it? more. Okay. So like 10
0: oh, years ago. Maggie and I were, we were traveling. I don't even know what city we're in, but let's just say Chicago where we had focus groups the night before. and Then we had like a 9 a.m. flight. And I went down to the gym at like 5 in the morning or something ridiculous. And Maggie was like seven or eight months pregnant. And she ran so much faster than me. First of all, the fact that we were both at the gym in the middle of this trip is already kind of insane. Like, yeah, right. Like, um,
2: you, you probably wouldn't find I'm it impressed, I'm impressed with both of you.
0: And <laughs> she was like, you know, pregnant and just like we were next, next to each other on the treadmill and I'm like, you know, be running all slow and huffy, puffy, fat person jog. And Maggie's like seven months pregnant, just like, Pfft flying by me (laughs) it was was insane i was like so yeah
2: if it makes you feel better i was probably running faster then than i could run now not pregnant (laughs) so well
0: it's it's, when you after you turn 40 this stuff gets a lot harder it it does (laughs) it's a lot harder i'm just like man this is this is brutal
2: we gotta leave it with that like it all goes downhill after 40 (laughs) 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 and next podcast
0: and then you die in the end (laughs)
2: So it doesn't matter if
1: online it fitness is because right because you're dead. It doesn't matter.
0: Well, that's a happy note to end this on. Yeah.
1: Well, isn't but that what they're spelling us, right? Death or longevity? longevity.
0: Um, all right. Well, thanks, everyone, for joining. This was fun. Yeah. Indeed. All right.
2: I'm going to go work out now.
0: Do it. Do it. Do it. Bye, right, guys.
1: Bye. Sorry.
0: Bye.